Hello and welcome to another episode of Tokyo Daily by Where Do We Begin? It's the 26th of July today, day three of the Olympic Games. Great to have you here. Wherever you're watching or listening, check out the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Uh, if you're on YouTube, thanks for being here. Thanks for being here wherever you are. My name is Harper. I'm your host for today. You don't really care that I'm your host. So what you care about is the big talking point, the big headline out of yesterday, Aussies won medals. How good is that? And the big one, we got gold in the 4 by 100 meter freestyle. Bronte Campbell, Kate Campbell, Meg Harris, and Emma McKeon. World record time, mind you. Might I add 3 minutes, 29 seconds, and 69 milliseconds in the 4 by 100 meter freestyle. In that event, it's the third gold in a row for an Aussie team. Kate Campbell has been on all those teams. Emma McKeon was just on fire, 51.35 seconds in the third leg, which is the fifth fastest leg ever in the 4x100-meter freestyle women's event. She was enormous, and speaking of enormous, this guy didn't quite get gold. He was 0.16 seconds away off the Tunisian Ahmed Hafnawi, but Jack McLaughlin, another Aussie, won silver in the 400-meter freestyle. It was awesome. Awesome to see. Elijah Winnington, another Aussie swimmer, was in that race. He'd probably be a bit disappointed with his seventh-placed finish, but, of course, he's got other events and hopefully a long, long career to look forward to. Um, Yeah, good luck to everyone swimming that's still got more events. And speaking of more events, we've got one more medal. Brendan Smith, he won the first Aussie medal of the games, which was yeah sparked huge joy in the Australian uh, Olympic viewing community. So here we got bronze in the 400 meter individual medley. His breaststroke, I've got to say, I watched it. His breaststroke was yeah, it wasn't great. He was actually last at a point in the whole um, in the whole field. But then he was just enormous in the freestyle leg. Got up to first and then won it, which was just awesome to see. Sorry, he didn't win it. He won the bronze medal. Uh, But on the podium, there was actually a bit of controversy because uh, all the medal winners in that event, they took off their mask to take a photo. They got a bit of a talking to from the IOC. They told him off. Um, But then uh, the IOC backed their man, Brendan Smith, who had his mask off for photos. They said it's part of the policy. You can take take off your mask for 30 seconds in a photo. The IOC was like, yeah, stuff that up, fair enough. And yeah, I think it's all sorted now. So, But that was a bit of a weird one. Those were our three medals for today. Uh, we're seventh in the medal tally, China, Japan, and the US kind of skipping away from everyone a bit yesterday, China in first, Japan in second, and the US in third. Um, but yeah, hopefully the more we see the Aussies do well in the swimming, Hopefully, we'll see them do well in swimming and we'll see them climb up the medal tally. Speaking of more swimming, uh, Kaylee McEwen actually set an Olympic record in her 100-meter freestyle heat. And yeah, there is just going to be a huge amount of swimming, which I'll talk in the preview about. Huge amount of swimming today, which is going to be very, very exciting, but not so exciting. A bit more disappointing, actually, a bit of a sad result to say. Just 15 days after winning Wimbledon, Ash Barty was bundled out of the Olympics in the singles. 
She lost to the unseeded Spaniard, uh, Sara Suribes Tormo, 6-4, 6-3, straight set. I'm sure she'll be disappointed with that, but she's still going strong in the doubles with Storm Sanders. So hopefully we see them go far in that, as Courtney Walsh predicted. Also in the tennis, uh, Ayla Tomjanovic, the Aussie, and fellow Aussie, um, she, she's through to the second round. She beat her Kazakh opponent, uh, who retired hurt in the second set. And one more thing on the tennis. This was an awesome story to see, really. Max Purcell, he wasn't even meant to be in the singles until just yesterday morning because Andy Murray pulled out because of a bit of a quad complaint. He pulled out of the singles. Max Purcell took his place. He's 190th in the world, came again, came up against the 15th-ranked Felix Auger-Aliassim, beat him in straight sets, 6-4, 7-6. Six, six. So he's through to the second round as well. We love to see that from old Maxi Purcell. And, yeah, another thing that we don't really love to see quite as much. It was a very, very good performance for anyone that watched it. The Oli Roos came up against Spain, the powerhouse of Spain. Couldn't quite get the result uh, that they got against Argentina. They lost 1-0. Mikel Oyazabal uh, got a header in the 81st minute, I think. Um, but it was a pretty valiant defensive performance up until then, which was um, kind of – gave me a bit of hope for the Oli Roos, gave me even more hope for the Oli Roos as they continue through this tournament. Now they've got to get a point against Egypt on Tuesday to progress to the round – sorry, the quarterfinals. And um, another Aussie team in action was the Boomers, they came up against Nigeria in their opening game. It was pretty scrappy. It was pretty pretty tight for the first three quarters, but they broke away in the last quarter. They got up 84 to 67 against the Nigerians. Our Aussies, Paddy Mills, 25 points, of course, the great Paddy Mills. It's the least we expect from him, really. Nah, nah, just joking. It's a great performance from old Paddy, but he is a superstar. Speaking of superstars, a friend of Where Do We Begin, a friend of the show, she was in episode 40, our first Olympic interview, Stacey Heimer. She was in the Taekwondo uh, in the 57 kilo class, coming again, coming up against the fourth uh, ranked in the world, Skylar Park, who's from Canada. So she was a big underdog heading into this. There's three rounds in Taekwondo batch. In the second round, halfway through the second round, she was leading 12-6, but... Um, yeah, unfortunately, Skylar Park uh, hit Stacey with five straight kicks to the trunk, and Stacey was down 16-12 at the end of the second round, ended up losing 25-15, but a valiant performance from Stacey Heimer. Um, yeah, unlucky result in the end, so congratulations, Stacey, for getting there. Awesome achievement, but uh, yeah, unfortunate about the result, but I bet you'll do even better next time in 2024 in Paris. And speaking of friends of the show, Rachel Lynch, the Hockey Roo goalkeeper had her first game for the Hockey Roos in this Olympics. They beat Spain 3-1. It was an action-packed third quarter. All four goals in the game came in the first seven or so minutes of that third quarter. Good win against Spain for the Hockey Roos. And another good win in the hockey, the Kookaburras, the men's Australian team. Their first, uh, their first placed in the world. Number one ranked. They came up, came up against the uh, fourth in the world, India. They gave him... An absolute thrashing, 7-1 for the Kookaburras, which was very, very, very good to see. And in the golf, actually, another sport that people are quite interested in, the number one ranked and number six ranked in the world uh, plays there, both American, John Rahm and Bryson DeChambeau. They've both received positive, positive tests for COVID, 
which is not very good to see. So they've both had to pull out of the Olympics and COVID's still running, running rampant in Tokyo, of course. I think there were like around about 1,700 cases today uh, or yesterday um, in Tokyo, which was, yeah, it's, it's controversial, but we're going to keep talking about the Olympics, of course. The uh, water polo. We really like a bit of water polo here. Unofficial water polo number one ticket holder in Australia. I am, of course, Australia's men, the Sharks, I think they're called. They lost 10 to 15 to Montenegro. Yeah, probably probably won't be too happy with that result, considering especially they were up by two at halftime. But someone that probably is quite happy with her performance uh, yesterday was Jess Fox in, of course, the canoe slalom. Uh, she was in the heat and she absolutely smashed it. She's got another heat uh, today or tomorrow, not quite sure. Um, she Hopefully, uh, she's into the semifinal. Most likely, she's into the semifinal. And in the skateboarding, Another Aussie, Shane O'Neill, who is a superstar of skateboarding. He didn't make the final, uh, which, again, a bit disappointing for him. Uh, in the end, it was good to see. I always love to see uh, athletes from the host nation win an event. It's quite wholesome. Uh, Yuto Horigome, uh, he won gold, 22-year-old guy. Skateboarding is just going to explode even more in Japan after that. Awesome result for Yuto. And... Just another bit of a weird one. This isn't really Aussie-related, but in the women's road race in the cycling, of course. Um, so there, were, there was this Dutch woman called Annemiek van Vleuten. Uh, she, she, was, she finished uh, in the second place in the end. She got silver, but she thought she won gold because they don't have any communication devices in the Olympic cycling. But it turns out uh, the Austrian Anna Kiesenhofer, uh was like a minute ahead of her. <laughs> she broke away about with about 40 kilometers to go. Um, won gold in the end, old Anna Kiesenhofer. Um, and Annemiek van Vleuten thought she won gold because she, yeah, she just thought she was, <laughs> was at the front at the end of the race, 137 kilometer race. Huge effort, took around about four hours for them to complete. And just before we get into a bit of preview action, I'm going to give you a bit of a wholesome moment that I found, of course, in the 4x100 women's freestyle, which our Aussies won gold in. Canada won silver, a huge achievement for them. And there's an awesome photo uh, taken, which I've seen going around socials, going around the news, Canada celebrating. They were overjoyed with their silver medal, which shows that it's, yeah, good message, really. Winning's not really always everything. It's second place. That's all right, you know? It was, they were just absolutely uh, jubilant with that result. And now I spoke about the preview. I'm going to preview what is happening today, but here to preview on the show, I spoke to him earlier yesterday, is Daniel Garb. He's going to talk to us all about the soccer, the football, whatever you want to call it. Uh, here he is, Daniel Garb from ABC Sport. Hey, Dan, thanks for joining me on the show today, all the way from Locked Down Sydney. Welcome. I reckon we'll just get straight into it. Uh, we'll start with the Matildas, so they've already had two matches, 2-1 victory against the Kiwis, but then a 4-2 defeat at the hands of Sweden. So tell me, so far, do you reckon they've lived up to expectations? Probably matched expectations. A win against the Kiwis, a dominant performance, which was expected. Uh, a loss to the Swedes, which was probably expected on paper as well. They're probably just above how we thought they would go at this stage of the competition based on the way in which they played. They had chances to beat the, uh, the Swedes, and that was the encouraging aspect of that game. I think they go into the match against America. I remember a team that Sweden beat 3-0, thinking we can get a result here and put ourselves in a good position to, to maybe have a bit of a run in the knockout stages and claim a, a couple of big scalps. They're attacking well. They've still got some defensive issues, but if they can just tighten them up, 
big if, of course. You know, they can trouble a lot of teams. They look to be pretty confident going forward at the moment. Mm, Sam Kerr has been a standout so far. She missed the penalty, but she scored three headers. Um, any other key players that have stood out for you so far for the Matildas? I think the two attacking players either side of her, Caitlin Ford and Hayley Razo, at the beginning of the tournament, I think that was, for mine, a key issue. Players that will support Sam Kerr, players that will actually take a bit of pressure off of her, get into goal-scoring opportunities, put balls in the back of the net, but also just occupy the defence a little bit more so it's not all focused on Sam Kerr. And that's probably happened so far in the tournament. And Sam's benefited from that with three goals. So that's been pleasing. I think in midfield as well, Emily Van Egmond's been strong. She's a player who has had some criticism recently. If you look at the last World Cup, I think she started the tournament really well. I think Ellie Carpenter's playing really well as a as a a central defender or the uh, key defender on the right side of the back three, which is an unusual position for her. Maybe it negates her attacking influence, but defensively she gives us a lot of cover because she's so quick. So that's working pretty well at the moment. Um, They've been the standouts so far. So a number of quality contributors that will hopefully help us get a win against the Americans. Mm, yeah, fingers crossed. And if anyone's interested, uh, I wrote a big piece for kick360.com.au. Uh, profiles on all 22 players, some fun facts, a bit of analysis. But on that America game, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time, Australian Eastern time on Tuesday, can I get a prediction? I'll say a draw. I'll say a, a 2-2 draw, and uh, and that'll be enough for the Matildas to get through. And then who knows who we land up against from there, but I'll say a 2-2 draw against the Yanks. Yeah, who, who do you reckon are going to be the big contenders for those medal and podium spots? Yeah, I mean, America, you'd think, would work their way into the tournament. Sweden looks strong. The Netherlands are a really good team. So those are the ones I think that stand out at this stage. Yeah, yeah, cool. And just quickly, overall finish prediction for the Matildas? I'd say semi-final, knocked out in the semis. I'll be optimistic, but I'm not sure that they're good enough to get beyond the semis at this stage. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a um, view and sentiment uh, fairly shared by Aussie football fans. Now, we'll go on to the Oliroos. Of course, massive, uh, huge 2-0 win against Argentina the other night. I actually had Scott McIntyre on a few days ago. He said it probably wasn't entirely unexpected. We recorded that the day before. Was it expected for you, that result, or a bit of a big shock like everyone else? I was a surprise, yeah. I mean, it's hard to know exactly the quality of the Argentinian side. They did leave some of their players who played in the Copper America out, but you still expect them to have a lot of depth. Um, it's not so much the result that surprised me. It's more the way in which Australia dominated the game. You know, I think even with the 11 v 11, Australia looked the better team. Technically, physically, we just seemed to be a level above them. So once they went down to 10 and we had the one nil advantage, I thought well, there's no way Australia's losing this game. And we never really gave them much of an opportunity to be honest. So that was the pleasing aspect, the way in which we won, not just the results. So a fantastic start. And yeah, hopefully it can be a tournament to remember for Australian football. It certainly started that way for the Oli Roos. And for anyone who doesn't know, the men's tournament, it's only under 23s with a couple of overage players sprinkled in there. So for the Oli Roos, who have been your standout, your key players so far for the 10? Yeah, I love the two boys in midfield, um, Connor Metcalf and Riley McGree. Thought they were fantastic. The two central defenders are you know, immense performers at that level. I think Thomas Dang, the captain, what a story he is. And Harry Suter, who is without a doubt, you know, a central defender starter for the Socceroos right now, arguably our best central defender at the moment, one of our best players, to be honest. It just looks like that level for him 
will be something he can deal with very easily. Spain coming up is a tricky game. They've got some super talents. But Harry Suter looks up to it right now. So they were fantastic. Two boys in the middle. Love Nathaniel Atkinson's game at right back. Thought he was absolutely fantastic. And, and Joel King as well at left back was good. Tommy Glover looked assured in between the sticks all night. Mitch Duke led the line superbly well. He did exactly what you would want from an overage player. He worked hard. He provided leadership, a presence. He set up a goal. He had a role in the first. Everything he did is exactly what Graham Arnold would want from that main man and why he brought him in just to provide a bit of leadership and a, and a target man for the team so the the younger players can work off that and they did that superbly so yeah and to be honest you couldn't fault anyone but they were some of the standouts mm, yeah there definitely were some complaints about Mr. Duke being in the squad but I think he's been superb in that Argentina game and that Spain game tonight people are going to be listening to this after that or viewing this after that so here's mm. your chance to look like an idiot or a genius what's your prediction <laughs> for the Spain game you know, I think we might get a result. You know, Spain only managed to draw against Egypt and, you know, a number of their players might be tired after the Euros. You look at their team on paper and it's scary and they are still my tip for the gold. But I just wonder if with our confidence and the way in which Spain are just maybe struggling to work their way into the tournament, whether we can catch them cold a little bit and our momentum can help. Look, if they get going, it's going to be hard for us to stop them. They've got some ridiculously talented technical players. But... You know, I'll ride the Oli Rue momentum wave and say we'll get a draw. Uh, yeah, I saw some crazy stuff. I'm not sure if you've seen this one. A couple of their players have played in the Euros and some long club seasons. Daniel Olmo and Pedri, in the last 12 months, they've played 120 games plus uh, together. So that's just insane, their schedule so far. So other teams to watch out for in the tournament. Oli Rue's probably not considered up there with the medal contenders, but who are? Oh, Brazil are the big ones. Brazil and Spain, and then a big gap to the rest. Brazil are hugely talented. They've got Richarlison, who Premier League fans will know very well. He scored a hat-trick in their opening game. Uh, Brazil are always strong at Olympic level, always have been. So for me, it was Brazil or Spain for the gold medal. Still, still view it that way. Um, so I'll stay with that tip. But um, hopefully the Oliroos can jump up and make the knockout stages and then claim a big scalp there. That would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that would be awesome to see for all Aussie football fans and even people that aren't massive football fans. And I'll put you on the spot for one last time. Prediction for the Oliroos, where are they going to finish? I think we'll get knocked out in the first knockout stage game. I think that might be an issue. for Actually, you know what? I reckon we'll win our first game and then, yeah, the one after that might be too much. So, yeah, I think, I think, I think we'll go on a little run. I think we'll win a knockout stage game, which would be great. And then maybe the one after that will be a bridge too far for us. Yeah, that would be very exciting if it happens. And just That'd quickly, awesome. I know you've got a jam-packed day of work. Where can people find your work at the moment? Yeah, I'm the ABC. So ABC News 24, ABC News Radio, uh, the ABC Sport website are contributing a little bit. So busy at the ABC at the moment. It's all hands on deck for the Olympics. So loving it. But um, happy to talk some football with you, mate. Cheers. Uh, look forward to speaking to you more throughout the games. Thanks. No worries. Good work, mate. Good on you. Good on you for doing this and uh, happy to be a part of it. Yeah, Daniel's prediction nearly came true. He predicted a draw, two-all draw, but he predicted a draw. Nearly got the draw, the Oli Roos, last night, but ended up losing 1-0. Of course, thanks very much, Dan, for coming on the show. Awesome to have you. Look forward to speaking to him more throughout the games. Now, getting into some previews for today. Big, big day of action for all the Aussies and non-Aussies as well. So all these times that I'm going to give you all Australian Eastern Standard Time, uh, so that's one hour ahead of Japan time and wherever you're, wherever you are around the country, I'm sure you'll be able to work it out. Just on a bit of a where do we begin note, first we've got 
three, where do we begin Alum's uh, in action? First up, in his first fight of the Olympics, first ever fight of the Olympics, is his debut, the great man from episode 42, Alex Winwood in the flyweight boxing. He's coming up against the Zambian, Patrick Chiemba, 6 p.m. in the round of 32. We hope to see him do well, and we've actually released a little bonus episode about Alex's goals for the Olympics, so if you want to check that out, that's up wherever you're watching this, wherever you're listening to this. Scroll up, scroll down, it'll be somewhere. Uh, very, very close to this one and as well in Where Do We Begin uh, guest action. The Aussie Stingers, the water polo women's team, Lena Mihailovic from episode 47, of course, against the Netherlands at 7.20 p.m. The Netherlands are third in the world, so that would be a tough, tough task. And what happened in their group yesterday as well uh, was Spain. Uh, they absolutely smashed South Africa. Spain are fourth in the world. They smashed South Africa 29-4. to four. So if the Netherlands are better than that... That is going to be a big, big challenge for the Stingers. We hope they can pull it off. They beat Canada 8-5 in their last game. It's really important to get a high placing in this group to get an easy quarterfinal, the easiest one you, that you can get. And uh, in some more action for our Where Do We Begin guests, it's Rachel Lynch from episode 48, of course, 1.15 p.m. up against China. China beat Japan uh, 4-3 in their opener, but... As I said in the review, Australia beat Spain 3-1 and the top four from that group qualify for the next round. Now, getting into some more general action, what you guys uh, quite likely care about the most, our big medal chances in the swimming, of course. Some big, big important action happening in the swimming in the morning and then all the way through the day in the morning we've got Emma McKeon uh, she's going to go for a second gold medal of this games in the women's 100 meter butterfly at 11.30am she was the third fastest to get into the final so hopefully she can improve that by two places and win gold again that would be awesome to see and as well Ariane Titmus uh, against the American well against lots of people including the American Katie Ledecky that's at 1220 uh, PM in the 400 meter freestyle final. This is huge. This is a huge matchup that swimming fans the world over have been waiting for for a long, long time. Ledecky was the fastest, fastest through to the final uh, in four minutes and 45 milliseconds. Titmus was the third fastest into the final, just about a second above that, 1.2 seconds above that. Uh, th- those are the big events in the swimming tomorrow in terms of medal action for the Aussies. But speaking of uh, water sports, we've got surfing as well. Steph Gilmore, Sally Fitzgibbons, Julian Wilson and Owen Wright, they'll all be in the third round of the surfing today after progressing yesterday. And if you are watching uh, on YouTube, you'll be able to see all these headlines just below me. Uh, so if I didn't speak about something in the review, you'll see it just under me here and it's just flicking through there like a bit of a newsy thing. I really like that graphic. (laughs) So check out the YouTube if you're not listening there or watching there in the archery as well. Uh, The men's team, David Barnes, Ryan Tyke and Taylor Worth coming up against Taiwan in the round of 16 or Chinese Taipei, whatever you want to call them at 11.39am, very precise time there. Of course, Uh, Tyke and Worth won bronze in Rio so they'll be looking to go two better or one better, they'll be looking to go as well as they can and hopefully win gold in the rugby sevens as well for the men. Uh, They're coming up against Argentina in Pool A at 11.30am. Then they're backing up with another game seven and a half hours later at uh, 7pm against South Korea. Fiji are the defending champs in that. They're going to kick off their campaign in the morning as well. In the canoe slalom, 
Uh, we've got Daniel, Wok- Daniel Watkins in uh, C1 uh, canoeing action in the semi-final at 3 p.m. If he qualifies, if he finishes the, in the top 10 out of 15, he will be in the final at 4.45. And in the softball, uh, I've been watching the softball quite cleanly. It's quite quite enjoyable, actually. Uh, Australia up against Mexico at 9 p.m. Uh, if Australia win that, they'll be going, heading to a bronze medal match against Italy or Canada. Uh, we saw their gold medal hopes dashed yesterday due to an unfortunate loss. So it's uh, going to be Japan against the US in the gold medal match, but all to play for to see who qualifies for that bronze medal match in the beach volleyball as well. Later today at 4 p.m., we've got Chris McHugh and Damien Schumann against uh, the Russians or from the Russian Olympic Committee, if you will, uh, Ilya Leshukov and Konstantin Semenov. They are coming off a valiant defeat against the top-ranked Norway just two nights ago. That was a thriller that went just a bit past midnight. It was awesome to watch uh, in the badminton as well, which is something that's also quite enjoyable, as all the Olympic sports really are. But I've uh, really quite fond of the badminton. We've got Gronje Somerville, uh, the Aussie, and Simon Wing Hang Leung in the mixed doubles for Australia against Denmark at 2.20. Then Somerville is backing up again at 9pm uh, in the women's doubles with Setiana Mapasa uh, against China's Yue Du and Yinhui Li. Uh, that's at 9pm again. And in the boxing, as well as Alex Winwood, women's featherweight, we've got, she's a big medal chance, actually, Sky Nicholson against uh, the South Korean AG in the women's, oh, sorry, IG Im in the women's featherweight again. And before I get to our little question of the day, I'm going to let you guys know a bit of a fun fact. I, I like my trivia. Hope you guys like your trivia as well. So here's a bit of an Olympic fun fact. Monaco, they're, they're a tiny, tiny country in Europe. They've gone to 21 Summer Olympics. They've never medaled. Uh, and this is a record for most Summer Olympics a country's been to without meddling. They once finished They once finished ninth in the judo and the taekwondo. And their kind of most famous Olympian has uh, been quite successful as well. He went to five Olympics in the bobsleigh. Uh, sorry, five bobsleigh at the Winter Olympics. Uh, and... He goes by the name of Prince Albert II, so he's royalty. There you go. Who knew that royalty competed in the Olympics in kind of modern times? And he's also a keen participant in many other sports, thanks to the ABC for that stat, by the way. And before I let you guys go, before we wrap up, question of the day. My question is for you. So comment this wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, on our socials, tag us in it. Simple one. Who is the greatest ever Aussie Olympian? We've seen some swimmers in action. Kate Campbell could be up there. She's won a ton of medals, including one yesterday. Of course, Kathy Freeman could be yours as well. So many, so many to choose from. I really don't have time to list them all off and don't have much time for anything else, really. That wraps us up for today. Uh, subscribe, like, do what you can. You know what to do to support the show. If you enjoyed it, give us a five-star review. Share it with your mates. That'd be really appreciated. My name's Harper. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, guys. Oh.